The following is a production of JSC Media. Stay, Stay ready. ready. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. There are a lot of people right now that are hurting. A lot of middle class families, a lot of lower income families, people who are facing the threat of eviction, uh, people who have lost relatives uh, to the coronavirus, people who are concerned because they've been out of work uh, or they think, you know, they might lose their job because our economy is so shaky right now. If you want to change things, if you want our nation to go in a better direction, if you want a leader who actually will put your family's job opportunities, health outcomes, your kids' education as their top priority, then going out and voting is the best way to make that happen. We had a very close election last time. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by almost 3 million votes, but she lost the Electoral College, including um, by losing the state of Pennsylvania barely. That means that every single vote counts. Your vote does count. You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 117th episode of The People's Podcast. This is Jay Scott Confidential, better known as Jay. SC Radio. Welcome once again, my friends, to the podcast that never flipping ends. It simply gets bigger. It gets a lot, it's a lot wilder at times, but it also evolves and it changes in scope. And please understand that this episode is definitely going to get serious, but at the same time, it's also it's gonna be pretty reflective. Let's just keep it real. 117th episode fully back after the hiatus obviously anybody who listened to episode 116 knows that i did have to check in here for a quick second i want to shout out all of you who support the show across all the different podcast providers apple Podcasts, itunes on soundcloud and stitcher on Castbox and TuneIn, on podchaser and player fm on audio boom and iHeartRadio, radio radio.com and of course on spotify and anywhere else you can find damn podcasts and there's another major podcast platform that's going to be picking us up in the near future so you might want to just keep an eye on things i'll be able to let you know about that coming up want to shout out my man awesome jones who's tracked blue chucks that you heard underneath you as we came in to the start of this show and as we've done so many times in the past he's got a new ep out called synthetic sounds volume one it's available on soundcloud it's available on spotify and on apple music synthetic sounds volume one a link will be in the description for you to download that i want to shout out my man doc illingsworth Back there in the Motor City, he has a podcast of his own, a live stream he does on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Illingsworth. It's called Eternal Invite, and it features the homies Detroit City. I need some new music from you boys at some point soon, too, because uh, we're starving for it out here. Again, twitch.tv slash Illingsworth, Eternal Invite. It's so ridiculous, and it's so dope at the same time. Plus, support all of his music on Bandcamp, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. I have a link to his Spotify stuff also in the description here. Be sure to follow me or the show on social media. You can follow me at J. Scott Smith. That's J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T-S-M-I-T-H. You can follow the show on Twitter 
at JSC Radio. We're also on Instagram at JSC Radio. We're also on Facebook at JSC Radio. On Instagram, I am J. Scott Smith as well. On Facebook, I am real J. Scott Smith because I am the original recipe. You already know what it is. You already know what we're talking about out here. And also one other thing, as you've noticed, the YouTube page has started to really pick up some business around here. Bit.ly slash JSC tube. The link, of course, is in the description. Be sure to check it out. Drop a like, a like on any of the videos. Be sure to not just subscribe to the page. Ring that bell for notifications because there will be a video of this episode coming up later on this week. You better believe there's going to be video of this because as you heard in the intro, that is the former director of the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. That would be former Secretary Julian Castro, the former mayor of San Antonio, Texas, Julian Castro. He will be joining this podcast a little later on in the episode. But I want to start this off, though, real quick. I don't always say that, but I promise I'm going to keep this as quick as I possibly can. I just celebrated a birthday this past weekend. Now, this podcast is being recorded on September the 6th, Sunday, September the 6th. So in between Labor Day and my birthday is this Sunday. And um, this has been the strangest damn year, as if we didn't already know this. Done a multitude of episodes since COVID took over the whole world back in March. They've kind of made that point abundantly clear. But if you've been following the show, you've been following me, because to follow me is really to follow the arc of to follow the arc of the show is to follow me and vice versa. This has been a period of growth the last two years that I don't think a lot of you guys have recognized. And some people have, to be fair. But just celebrated a birthday. I'm 41 years old. Which Again, anybody who sees me refuses to believe that I'm 41 years old. I've got great genes. 41 years old. And I think about where I was not just five years ago at 36 when I started, really at 35, when I started this podcast in four years ago at 2016 when I was 36 going on 37 and I started this podcast. <laughs> My math is all off. But just where I was even two years ago. Two years ago at this time, I was doing episode 85 with Brittany Noble. The video of that is on the YouTube page. Of course, you can go back to episode 85. It's an amazing episode. It was for the for a pretty good stretch of time. It was the highest downloaded episode of the show ever. And that was one of the first moments, along with episode 80, that I recognized that the focus of this show should be very much on the people, the guest the people I talk to, that's who, that, that's who we should be thinking about here. That's who should be the ones. But this has been just as much about personal reflection because the growth of this podcast has mirrored the professional and personal growth that I've gone through here. And you guys have gone on this ride with me, and I'm so grateful for it. Oh, don't think this is like the final episode. This is not. We're, we're still rolling. But... um. When you have birthdays, you kind of get reflective about things. And 41 is not a milestone birthday by any stretch of the imagination, albeit if you're a black man in America. To get to 41 years old, you might as well be getting to 81 at, the, at some of these points. It's a major deal, so don't get that twisted. But this birthday was different. Normally on my birthday, I go back home to Detroit. I see family, friends, 
usually have a barbecue either on my birthday or around Labor Day with my parents. See people I knew from high school, people I knew from college, cats I grew up with. Get to go home. But this hasn't been a normal year. It ain't been a normal year for anybody. And you get to be hella reflective when you spend a lot of your time by yourself because you're trying to be smart and be safe. And I've also realized how many people actually do really support me. I've gotten some great messages and heard a lot of really nice things on my birthday. And please understand, I really appreciate it. I wish some of y'all would listen to this damn podcast a little more. Wish you'd just drop a link on your social media once in a while, I'm just saying. But I don't think y'all understand what it means to a dude like me. We're all going through it. And like I said, 41 is not this huge milestone. It was hard for me to even find like a jersey number 41 of mega importance. The only two I could think of are Tom Seaver and Victor Martinez. RIP to Tom Seaver, by the way. But Tom Seaver and Victor Martinez were the only two I could think of who wore the number 41. And it's a it's an odd number, but this has been an odd year. A very odd year for all of us. And uh, I think that's just like part of everybody's story when you think about these things. I'm big on storytelling. And I'm also big on like the importance of not just your journey, but the importance of really putting in the hard work. And I always talk about all oh, the journey. It's not, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Listen, I'd love to reach the destination, even if it's just a, if that destination turns out to be a midway point. But this journey, I went back and listened to episode 80 recently and listened to 85 recently. Brittany from two years ago, her case is about to be heard in federal court. That case we talked about way the hell back in episode 85. <clears throat> Excuse me. Way the hell back in episode 85. We talked about that. That's about to be heard in federal court. That whole ball started rolling with this podcast, with her getting her story out there. The Ebony Magazine thing. Ebony Magazine is going into bankruptcy. They still ain't paid Josh David. They still ain't paid Jazz in Washington. You need to pay what you owe. We've been on the forefront of a lot of things. I sat in this podcast in 2016, told y'all that this administration and the way things are, it could be bad. Didn't quite call this, but it, I got in some trouble for that. But I was right. I hate that I was right, but I was right. I, I've seen personal growth within myself. I battled back from the brink bankruptcy, battled back from eviction, battled back from wanting to take my own life one night in 2018. And to think to where I am now at 41 years old, starting my own company, this podcast continues to grow, teaching, working a great gig here in Philadelphia, really kind of experienced the professional growth. And boy, is there more of that coming, by the way. The professional growth that um, I'd wanted for so long. And finally, it's like at a certain point, you just got to put the work in. On my backpack that I carry around, there's a patch on it that says hard work pays off. The reason I harp on hope not being a strategy. And mind you, I'm not saying this is somebody who's quote unquote made it. I'm still on the journey. We all are in a lot of ways. But the reason I harp on hope not being a, a, a goddamn strategy 
I could have sat back and just hoped for things to get better. I did for a while. I was just like, you know, one of these days people will notice me and I'll, I just hope it'll happen, man. Get the fuck out of here. It's not how it works. Nothing wrong with hope, but you got to put action to it. And every so often you need that lightning bolt to go up your ass and get you to do it. So when I get to the age of 41, I get to this birthday, I'm away from home, can't go out and really celebrate, but I realize I, I work at a job where I've got a group of really, really good people around me, people that I can legitimately call friends. Y'all know who you are. I got people in my life that really do support me and have my back. You know who you are. I miss my family, and I miss home. I hate that COVID has put normal life on pause, despite the fact that some of you dum-dums seem to think that COVID took the weekend off. It didn't. Put your mask on. Stop congregating. The, 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 the club ain't open. COVID's still out here, for real. But on this birthday of mine, this birthday weekend of sorts, to those of you who shot messages of support and a few of you who actually tossed me money on that, on that cash app, thank you. Helped a brother out. But um, most importantly, I'm thankful to be here another year. And uh, by the time we get to this time next year, when I will ridiculously have found a Jackie Robinson jersey with the number 42 on it, I think we'll be talking about some really, really huge amounts of growth in the next year. And I hope all of you continue to grow. Because damn it, I know I am. And a big sign of growth on this podcast are the guests that have been coming on here. And the next one up is a huge one. He's the former Secretary of HUD. He was a presidential candidate. He was the former mayor of San Antonio, Texas. And he's one of the brightest stars in American politics that's still on his way up. This episode's not an endorsement of any one candidate, but the man has a message, and he wants to talk about Latino outreach. He wants to talk about the state of this country. And yes, we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming election. Because, you know, we keep it real here. It's about real life. And ain't nothing realer than getting out and getting registered to vote. And ain't nothing realer than what we got coming in November. Julian Castro is my guest on the 117th episode of J. Scott Confidential. They'll be joining us up next after this. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I'm not going to be responsible for what happens next. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, J. Scott Smith here. Of course, you know, I am the host of JSC Radio, which you have heard on Stitcher from the very beginning. Because in case a lot of you don't remember, Stitcher was the first major podcast platform to pick up my show. And now they want to give something back to each and every one of you listeners on Stitcher. Introducing Stitcher Premium. You can listen to some of your favorite shows ad-free, mind you, with Stitcher Premium for only $4.99 a month or, if you prefer, $34.99 a year. You can get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and so much more. Listen to shows like the Fantasy Footballers ad-free, or you can get shows like Dunk on Basketball and, of course, JSC Radio. Simply go to Stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. That's Stitcher.com slash premium premium to sign up today and when you go there drop in the promo code jsc 
can get you one free month of Stitcher Premium. Don't ever say I ain't do nothing for y'all. Remember, it's stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today and get one month free by dropping that promo code JSC. It's just that simple, baby. Get on Stitcher Premium right now and you can get the best in podcasting. You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. This is the 117th episode of The People's Podcast. This is J. Scott Confidential, better known as JSC Radio. Welcome back. J. Scott Smith here. And I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting this show, throwing me a birthday shout out of supporting everything that we do around here with J. Scott Confidential and JSC Media. Thank you. Damn it. Thank you. Again, be sure to support my man, Doc Illingsworth. You can follow his music at soundcloud.com slash Illingsworth. I put the link to his music in Spotify in the description, and he's also got his music on Bandcamp and on Apple Music. Same thing goes from Awesome Jones. Be sure to follow him on social media, too, at O-S-S-I-M-J-O-N-E-S. Awesome Jones. He's a really good brother, really good dude, and he makes dope music, too. Now, let's get to our illustrious guest. He's the former secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. He served as a part of the Obama administration from 2014 to 2017. Prior to that, he was the mayor of San Antonio, Texas from 2009 to 2014. He's a graduate of Stanford University, and he was, at least for a time in 2019, an early part of this year, not, not a Democratic nominee, but a Democratic candidate for president of the United States. Julian Castro. He was able to take some time from his busy schedule because he's currently helping out with Latino outreach for the Biden campaign. And I wanted to, you know, ask him a few questions about what he's out here doing with the campaign, how he's been able, what he really his outlook on what the state of the country is right now and what he feels can be done in November when it comes to getting people to get out and vote. He was so gracious with his time, really good dude, and I am super stoked to have been able to talk to him, and I'm going to bring you that conversation right now. This is the 117th episode of the People's Podcast. This is J. Scott Confidential, better known as JSC Radio, and my conversation with former HUD Secretary Julian Castro starts right now. This is a presentation of J. SC Media. First and foremost, how is everything out there on the trail for the uh, vice president and for Senator Harris, first and foremost? And also, kind of give me a quick rundown of just in terms of Latino outreach, because it's obviously a very important voting block. And this is the first time, I think, in U.S. history that Latinos will be the majority of the, I guess, majority of people of color of a particular voting block. So it's very important. So Go into that for me and just overall what it's been like on this campaign trail, especially since the DNC. Vice President Biden and Senator Harris are bringing a tremendous amount of energy uh, to the campaign trail. Um, I know they're busy doing uh, events all over the country, uh, virtually and some in person. Uh, This is crunch time. It's the last 60 some odd days of the campaign. And uh, I think we had a good convention. Uh, they're delivering a strong message about opportunity in this country and making sure that we heal and start bringing our country back together. Vice President Biden is someone that people see as a real leader, somebody that has his priorities right, that will put things like 
addressing the coronavirus uh, and ensuring that we get through this pandemic, recovering our economy. He'll put those things first on behalf of the American people. And uh, this is going to be an election that uh, is all hands on deck. We can't take anything for granted. Many people didn't think that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016, and he won Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania collectively by 77,000 votes. That means that all of us uh, have a role to play in ensuring that we get out and vote and we get our friends, family, uh, neighbors, co-workers to get out and vote as well. The Latino community is a growing community in this country. It's going to play a vital role, not only in the usual places like Florida and uh, Colorado and Nevada, but also even in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, where you have uh, quickly growing Latino communities, even though they're smaller, in such a close margin race, it can make a difference. And uh, I'm pleased that the Biden campaign and the DNC are making strong investments on outreach and delivering a message to that community. And my hope is that on November 3rd, we're going to see record Latino turnout. I think that we can do it because I think that people see a hopefulness in the vision of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They also see that Donald Trump just is not up to this job. Uh, and I think that's going to turn people out. You talk about Vice President Biden. You were a part of the Obama administration as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development for, from, four, from 14 to 17. What was it like working with the Vice President during that time period? And what did you see from him that would help confirm the belief that he would be the right person to lead this country? He's a man of character. And he's a man who has the wisdom and experience to lead very well. I'll give you a great example of that. Uh, I remember going down to Wilmington, Delaware with the Vice President on Veterans Day 2016 for a ceremony to mark the functional end of veteran homelessness. They had been working to make sure that every veteran who was homeless in that community, that they had a place to stay, that they were housed. And to hear the Vice President speak about the commitment that our nation has to veterans um, and the obligation that we have to make sure they have a place to stay, to live. Uh, yeah, I got a, a real sense of his character, his sense of duty to country, and his respect for our nation's veterans and what they went through for our country. Trust me, we could talk for hours on especially a certain controversy that has arisen regarding our veterans. I will, Knowing that you, that you have limited time here, you mentioned battleground states such as Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I'm in Philadelphia right now. My home state is Michigan. I'm originally from Detroit. And I know I saw firsthand how quickly Michigan changed. I see the burgeoning Latino communities. I know in the city of Detroit, for example, especially southwest Detroit, we have a distinct Mexican community there. Same thing goes in Lansing, Michigan, in the state capital. They're spread out across the state. That is a very important block. Your home state of Texas has always been interesting to me because I've been telling people in political circles when we've had these conversations that I've always kept an eye on Texas as being that next state that could turn. And I noticed on your Instagram feed as well, you've, you haven't shied away from noting that that could happen. I've seen enough polling where the vice president is either tied or one up or one or two down where I know since I think it's uh, Jimmy Carter was the last Democrat to win Texas in a presidential election. And it hadn't largely been competitive until 16 where 
Hillary Clinton did pretty well in the state of Texas for a Democrat. What are the chances of a state like Texas becoming the next battleground state? Michigan, we already know. Here in Pennsylvania, I see it all the time. Wisconsin, places like even even a state like maybe Minnesota, those kind of states. What about a state like Texas? Because I think that with the changing demographics there and the distinct Latino population, obviously a very large African-American population, and that's more of a progressive lean as we've seen in Texas in decades. What are your what are your thoughts on the potential of a state like Texas eventually flipping blue? 2020 is a year where Texas may well go blue. It's very competitive. Sometimes people dismiss that idea because they feel like they hear that every four years. What's different in 2020 is that during the Donald Trump era, the state has been rapidly moving away from Republicans. Hillary Clinton lost by nine points to Donald Trump in 2016. That was the best showing for anybody since 1996. In 2018, uh, Beto O'Rourke got within two and a half points of Ted Cruz. Democrats won two congressional seats, two state Senate seats, and 12 House seats. And now in 2020, poll after poll, and there have been seven or eight of these polls over time, poll after poll shows that these candidates are basically tied. And usually it has Biden up by one or two points. That's because of two things. In Texas, the suburbs are abandoning the Republican Party. People feel like, people that used to be Republicans feel like Trump does not represent their values. Uh, I mean, just look at what what he said about our military veterans. (laughs) I mean, people feel like this guy just doesn't get it. He's not of the right character. He doesn't have the right priorities. He hasn't been effective responding to the coronavirus. The suburbs are abandoning him. And also the demographic changes that are happening. The black community is growing. Uh, Hispanic community is growing. The Asian American community is growing. So that you have places like Fort Bend County that used to be represented by none other than Tom DeLay that now (laughs) have a county supervisor that uh, is Indian American. Uh, they have growing minority population, and it's flipped. Now it's blue. And you can tell that story across the state. So these two dynamics are coming together in the year 2020 to produce a very competitive Texas. And the thing is, if Democrats win the 38 electoral votes of Texas, it's game over for Republicans. There's nowhere for them to go. We got to earn that, though. We can't take it for granted. And so everybody is working hard out here to make sure that we do the outreach, the voter registration, deliver a strong, compelling message about a hopeful future that Vice President Biden can help create. The importance of voting. I've seen it. It, re- it reflects across the country. It showed in Michigan in 2016. It's the, I, I've harped on that on this podcast and in other places. It really bothered me what happened in Michigan in 2016, how people don't show up or people didn't take it seriously. What is the message you can get to someone who, having seen the DNC, seen all this the last three and a half years, who is still on the fence about voting, doesn't think that it's worth the the effort to go out and do it, it won't change anything, or what do you say to that person who might be jaded and says, what is it in for me? Why, why, why should I do this? What's the difference between these two? Voting is the only way in our democracy to actually change anything. There are a lot of people right now that are hurting. A lot of middle-class families, a lot of lower-income families, people who are facing the threat of eviction, uh, people who have lost relatives uh, to the coronavirus, people who are concerned because they've been out of work, 
uh, or they think, you know, they might lose their job because our economy is so shaky right now. If you want to change things, if you want our nation to go in a better direction, if you want a leader who actually will put your family's job opportunities, health outcomes, your kids' education as their top priority, then going out and voting is the best way to make that happen and making sure that you vote for Joe Biden. We had a very close election last time. Uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by almost 3 million votes, but she lost the electoral college, including uh, by losing the state of Pennsylvania barely. That means that every single vote counts. Your vote does count. And Secretary Castro, just I, I would I, I would also like to quickly ask you, you were the secretary of HUD and housing is such an important part of our society now. We're seeing it with how the COVID pandemic has just caused all these economic issues. People are starting to be evicted from their homes and losing their homes. How's it? What type of a housing crisis could we be staring at here the next few years following this? A lot of folks out there will know that we were facing a rental affordability crisis in this country before COVID-19. So many families were paying more than a third of their income in rent. Uh, We had a lot of people being priced out of the market, people having to double up. Homelessness was going back up in Donald Trump's America. And then COVID hit. And today, because so many people have lost their jobs, by one estimate, up to 30 million people could face eviction through October. That means that we need immediate relief. The Democrats in the House of Representatives passed the HEROES Act that would include an eviction moratorium and also direct rental assistance that people need because now they have backed up rent, unpaid rent. Uh, you know, Donald Trump um, says that he put an eviction moratorium in place through the Centers for Disease Control and Emergency Order. The problem is that that's a short-term Band-Aid because it doesn't do anything about the fact that in a couple of months after the election, that rent is all going to be due. And what are people going to do? They don't have five or six months worth of rent, and then they're going to be facing eviction. What Joe Biden and the Democrats want is they want uh, a real solution that keeps people in their homes, is going to make sure that people don't get evicted uh, until we can get our economy back on track. This is an election like none other in this country's history, and it is a very important one. And Secretary Julian Castro, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me in the midst of your very busy schedule. Thank you so much for doing this. I consider this an honor to be able to speak with you. Best of luck to you on the trail there. And hopefully everything will work itself out when we get to November 3rd. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Jake. Glad to be with you. And there you have it. Another one in the books. Like I said, his time was limited. I wish I could have gotten more out of him. I wish I could have been able to talk to him at further length. But he made it very clear where he thinks the direction of this country will go. And while I am not making any endorsements nor pronouncements, will not do that on this podcast. That's not my thing. He made it very clear what you need to do. In the description of this podcast will be a link to get you registered to vote. Do that. Do that for me. Do that for yourself. Do that for your country. Do it for your kids. Do it for your parents. Whatever. Get registered. Get out and friggin' vote. 
And if you can vote by mail in this country to avoid the pandemic, do so. But that link will be dropped in the description as well. Again, Julian Castro, an amazing guy, really nice, really gracious with his time. And I want to thank him and his people for allowing me the time to talk to him. The video of this, of that interview, of that conversation will be going up on the YouTube page, bit.ly slash JSCTube, coming up later on this week. But until next time, my name is Jay Scott Smith telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. Until next time for episode 118. Goodbye, everybody. You're listening to the People's Podcast. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. This is JSC Radio. This is a presentation of JSC Media. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.